Welcome into the January 25th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. It's a game day at Leafs Nation. Leafs welcoming the blue shirts to town as Toronto has to keep it rolling on this homestand. We've got some practice updates and lineup changes for you guys today. Um, some interesting comments also from Gary Bettman. He was speaking ahead of this Habs and Bruins game. We'll dive into those uh, comments that he made today. And uh, Dave. I've got a new name to add to the Leafs trade list. A new name that we haven't discussed that I wonder if they could be available and if he's the right fit for the Leafs. So I'll get your thoughts on that today as well. All that more coming up on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morsuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also check us out on video form on YouTube. That's Locked On Lease on YouTube. Hit subscribe, hit the little notification bell, and you'll be alerted for when we put out new content each and every day, Monday through Friday. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure I'll be placing a couple wagers on FanDuel today with the Rangers coming into town, Dave. So we'll tee that game up. Um, we'll get into those Gary Bettman comments. And uh, there's a new name that uh, has entered my mind when it comes to the Leafs potentially going after this player at the deadline. I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on that. So we'll do that in a few minutes as well. Uh, but why don't we dive into some of the changes uh, that we saw to the lineup and things that we saw practice today heading into the game against the Rangers. So we had pondered this in yesterday's show, yesterday's podcast. If, uh, you know, the changes to put Matthews and Marner back together, Willie and JT back together, is that going to stick? Is that going to continue into this next game against the Rangers? And we got our answer at practice today. It is. They uh, Sheldon Keefe came out and said he felt that the response that they got after uh, he made the change in last game. Proved to him that the time is now to make that swap and, and go back to those lines. And uh, hopefully they can have you know the same success that they had uh, in, in the game against the Islanders tonight against the Rangers. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we, we've seen the Leafs make change to the lineup and quickly change back. And then it seems like it just goes back to the kind of similar issues that we have seen this team go through. So I'm glad that they're sticking with it. I mean, the same was going with Ilya Samsonov, right? They feel, felt like he deserved to get the next start, and he rewarded them with a very good performance. So I, I like it's hard to argue with the results of what came from that Islanders game. And we know that the Leafs can always change back. But I, I hope that this is something that will stick around for at least 
more than you know one or two games like let's get this a nice little run here yeah i think it will like he's pretty calculated if if he wasn't ready to commit to this i don't think he would have made the change um we know what he does and and i think sheldon keith when he does this type of stuff like we've heard him in the past say i look at this in like increments of you know 10 ish games right so I don't think it'll just be for a couple of games unless things go completely awry and they do need to switch it up. Um, but I think they'll be given a bit of a leash here to try and, you know, get back to being, especially look at the bunting Matthews Marner line. Like they were arguably the, the best line in hockey a season ago. So you put those guys back together, hopefully they can get, uh, get off and running. And then we saw, you know, what Nylander and Tavares look like against the Islanders. You know, you got the Rangers coming in tonight. Can they do some similar things? I guess we'll have to wait and find out. So, um, you know, so it's the same personnel that are in the top six, just reshuffling and looking a little bit more like it did earlier in the season, but hopefully they can have a little bit more success than they did back in October when they were originally together. Uh, as for the bottom six, a couple other changes. Bobby McMahon going back up to the third line with David Camp and Pierre Engvall. And the fourth line consists of Alex Kerfoot, Pontus Holmberg, and Joey Anderson, who got called up uh, today, uh, or called up yesterday, rather, and it looks like he's going to get an opportunity to come up in the fourth line. Zach Aston Reese is coming out of the lineup. And Sheldon Keefe touched on that and basically said that, uh, you know, he just wants to breed competition. Like, he wants that Zach Aston Reese to be on his toes and know, like, hey, you can't get comfortable. Your spot's not 100% guaranteed. And there's guys chomping at the bit looking to come in and, um, you know, take spots from them. I also wonder if this could maybe be a bit of a showcase for for Joey Anderson. Do you think that could have anything to do with this as well? I just think they also want to see, is Joey Anderson the guy that they can bring up, you know, and take a spot, whether that's later in the season or in the playoffs. This is a showcase for him in terms of earning a spot in the lineup. And I also maybe even, as you probably saying too, is a, a potential trade option, you know, if teams are wondering, can this guy be an NHL option? And, you know, the Leafs are going to have to be a little creative when they make some of their moves, especially if they want to avoid trading certain players. If they And, and look, there are teams now, um, you know, we heard Jim Rutherford say in that weird press conference that they don't really want picks per se, but they're looking for young players. And I'm wondering if more teams are going to try to go that route rather than just taking draft picks because draft picks take a little bit longer to develop and some teams are looking for more NHL close or NHL ready or close to being NHL ready options. Yeah, I, I, I saw I wonder if that could be could be it. I mean there was also some speculation. I saw some people talking about how how um, this could be the maybe gearing up to to move out one of the guys who are on the roster whether it's a Kerfoot or an Engvall or move them off the roster and they're seeing, well, is there internal cheaper options um, if they want to go and address, you know, go and get some more, allocate dollars more higher up in the lineup as opposed to having a fourth line center in, uh, in Alex Kerfoot. And if that's the case, Holmberg slides into center and maybe Joey Anderson's a guy who can come and play uh, fourth line minutes, you know, the, the 10 or so minutes that Kerfoot's played over the last couple of games. So I've, I've heard that storyline as well. And so it could be, a showcase in that regard for Joey Anderson too. Um, but to your point, yeah, like he's a guy who he's, he's on the fringes of being uh, an NHL talent, right? Like, like he's been a guy who's kind of floated between 
NHL and AHL talent for a few seasons now. Uh, last year, 26 goals, 42 points in 56 games this year. Almost a point-per-game player with Marlies. He's got 27 points in 30 games with the Toronto Marlies. So he's, you know, at, at that point, at 24 years old, where it's kind of, you know, pooper, get off the pot. What do we got in this kid? And I think um, this is really a showcase. You're right, not just for – uh, other teams who maybe could be interested in bringing him in as a little bit of a look-see um, type of situation, but also potentially for the Maple Leafs if they view him as a potential option at all going forward. But we've also seen, you know, situations where the Maple Leafs have done good by players. I'm thinking like Josh Levo, Alex Barabanov, Miko Letsonen, where they've just, you know, guys they realize, look, they're not going to be part of our part of our NHL roster, but we could do good by them. They've put in the work for a couple of seasons within this organization and moves him to another place where there could be opportunity. And maybe that's also a reason why he's getting some extra playing time um, up with the big club, just to see if he can hack it in the NHL. Not that they're looking to get a large return for him, um, but just, you know, for teams to get a look at him in the national hockey league. So that, uh, they might take a gamble on bringing him into their fold. Um, that's just, I don't, know. I don't know if that's the case. It's kind of just what that seems like in a way to me. Uh, could be a bunch of different things. But either way, he's playing tonight against the New York Rangers. Um, the D pairings also will remain the way that they ended. So Hall and uh, Morgan Riley is the first pair. Gio Dano and Timothy Lilligren is the second pair. And then Sandine and uh, Ben actually coming in for Timmons as the third pair. Um, your boy, Timothy Lilligren and uh, Morgan Riley separated. How do you like that? You, know, you like it? You don't like it? How do you feel? Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I thought, you know, one, one game shouldn't have changed that pairing considering they were pretty good for the most part. Did you see the stat? of how badly the their top four was outshot when they were on the ice in the first period? I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Would you like but, me to share what the stat was? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't have it up with me, but... It was something like they're outshot, like, or out um, shot attempt, at least, shot attempts, 14 to 1. Yeah. I mean, that first period was just also just terrible. Yes. Like, Yes, it wasn't. There weren't many players playing well. Um, that said, I do like Jordano Lilligren. They had a. They were pretty good last year, so that great. Yeah, so like Lilligren staying in the top four, I'm okay with. But Morgan Riley, Justin Hall, um, who's gonna who's gonna be the one pinching in the offensive zone now? Because we know Justin Hall likes to take those opportunities to pinch down low. Well, that concerns me a little bit. I'm not like it might. I might seem to be overreacting here, but I've watched Justin Hall play a lot. Yeah. And he's a guy that likes to go and try to be that extra four, you know, guy on the four check. We also yeah, know Morgan Riley likes to do that. And someone's going to have to be the steady stay back guy. And it should be Justin Hall. But that's one, that's one concern I do have. Well, he a lot of people share that concern, and he was asked about that at practice today, Dave, and he did say that uh, <laughs> he's going to let Mo take those opportunities, and he will hang back for the most part unless something really presented itself, which 
I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. One thing that you and I feel like, uh, you know, maybe something you hang back on. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to go. And, well, you know, so who knows? I guess that's another thing. We'll have to wait and see what happens uh, in the game tonight. But, you know, I think Justin Hall's actually played. He's, he's had a, a pretty good season. All things considered, it was a, a bumpy start to the year. There were the the boo birds were out pretty early on him, but he's done a good job of uh, leveling out his game and you know kind of reestablishing himself as like uh, you know a, a four five tweener defenseman, but somebody who could you know play some stable minutes, um, who trusts in the defensive zone most of the time. So I, you know I I think that it, it'll work. And then, like you said, Timothy Lilligren and Giordano, they do have some uh, some success planned together a year ago. I'm looking at this now, like when I'm looking at what this roster could potentially look like in the future. Um, like if that if that works, right? Riley Hall. Actually, no. What I would want is a defensive partner with Hall that would replace Jake Muzzin. Like going back to the basics, right? We've talked about this before which is why Gavrikov is someone who I, I am pretty high on. Like Giordano and Lilligren as your third pair. Imagine Gavrikov and Hall as your second pair, and then Riley and Brody as your first pair. That looks pretty good. And you'll notice how Rasmus Sandin was left off of that list, right? And I don't know if that means you could use Sandin to go out and get a top six forward, or if you use Sandin as part of a Gavrikov trade, or whatever you want to do. Maybe you do use Sandine to go and get a top six guy, potentially one of the players that I'll talk about on the other side, Dave. We'll wait a couple more minutes before we get into that. Uh, but, you know, that, that that's just something that's been percolating in my mind a little bit. I think the most ideal D pairings that we could see for this Leafs team is Riley Brody, insert trade deadline pickup here, Hall and then Gio and Lily as the third pair. I think that'd be a terrific, you know, pretty deep six-man defensive unit for the Maple Leafs if they get the right guy to be with Justin Hall as a physical left-shot defenseman. Yeah, it, that there's when you're looking at where the holes are potentially in this lineup, just based on and look injuries. Like I, we we say how deep this lineup can be. We take you no know, Brody out. You take one of these guys out, and you're like, hmm, the options don't seem as a plenty as we kind of have been boasting the last little while. Yeah, Brody, by the way, did take part in practice. Uh, his first full practice, he was in a red non-contact uniform, so uh, he won't be in the game tonight against the Rangers, but um, might be able to play at some point before the All Star break. If not, he should return. Uh, directly after the all-star break. Um, so we'll see when uh, when TJ Brody hits the ice. All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll kind of go through some keys to tonight's matchup between the Leafs and the Blue Shirts. And then uh, um, I'll let you know who the trade target that I've kind of uh, been looking at today. And uh, we'll get back into those Gary Bettman comments. And also... Apparently, there's a defenseman that the Maple Leafs are looking to extend. We'll tell you who that is also a little bit later. But first, um, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. And, of course, it is FanDuel. Um, the NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for the Lockdown Network because they're the number one sports book in America and Canada. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. 
They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads, player props. They've got it all. You want a bigger payout? Check out the same game parlays. Uh, I tell you, there's, I've been making some parlays. I had one tonight. We'll see if it cashes. Currently, I've got the Avs money line with over five and a half. I believe at the time of recording this, it is a 5.5 goal game. So I need one more goal. And then they're probably, eh, we'll see what happens. By the time this is over, we'll definitely have an answer on whether or not I made uh, I made some money off that. But we're holding. Crossing the fingers for you, buddy. We're crossing the fingers. But uh, those are the type of wages you can make at FanDuel. Uh, so, yeah, you can go check out the FanDuel on the app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Uh, you won't want to miss out. Again, you can place your $5 bet. Get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We got Toronto welcoming the New York Rangers into town tonight. And uh, it's always an interesting battle between the Rangers and the Maple Leafs. It doesn't really seem like, uh, I don't know, like it's not a rivalry, but it always feels like the Rangers goaltender seems to play really well against Toronto, no matter who it is, Shesterkin, Georgiev, like Lungfist was always really good against Toronto. Um, but for it's, it's a big matchup. It's a big original six game. And this is the team that ended Toronto's point streak, if you remember Earlier in the year, remember they had like 16 games straight with a point, and then uh, in came the Rangers to uh, to end that one. It was a three-one win back on December 15th. Um, what are you expecting out of tonight? Well, I hopefully a better result than the last time we saw the Leafs play the Rangers. It wasn't very pretty. Um, so, yeah, I mean they they seem to find their way offensively against the Islanders. It's going to be a little bit of a different story against the Rangers, that's for sure. The Rangers have been, you know, are, they've been kind of where maybe most were expecting them to be. I thought I had a little bit of higher hopes for them in terms of where they'd be in the division. But, you know, they're coming off a, a pretty impressive win over Florida. Um, I did watch parts of that game. Offensively, that team is able. They got they got a lot of depth in scoring there, right? Mika Zibanejad. Adam Fox, Panarin, like they're these guys are they got enough weapons that you gotta be, you know, on your toes, vigilant in your own zone. And you know, Igor Shesterkin, he ain't gonna be easy to beat as well, right? Maybe uh yeah. can go two for two on beating the Russian goaltenders um after what they did to Sorokin the other night. Yeah, that's true. It's true. That was a nice tidy victory over the other Russian monster and uh Ilya uh Sorokin. Maybe they can do the same again. But the last, I'm just looking at this, the last uh, six or last four games, they've scored one, two, three, seven goals. Total the Toronto Maple Leafs have in four games. So it's less than two goals a game against the New York Rangers in the last uh, two seasons. So since post-COVID, I guess, uh, 
that's that's all they've been able to muster up against New York, the New York Rangers and New York goaltending. So um, hopefully they can, you know, do better than that tonight and put some pucks in the back of the net. Hopefully they saved some goals on home ice there um, from the game against Sorokin and the New York Islanders. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. But I think it'll be uh, it'll be a good matchup. Um, but the Rangers are going, what, five of the last six meetings between these two? So the Rangers have kind of had their number. They've had uh, Toronto's number of late. So maybe it's time for Toronto to kind of re- play the reverse reverse Uno card here and get the victory because uh, Tampa won tonight, Dave, which means they're still, you know, chipping away at Toronto. They got games in hand and they keep winning games too. So Toronto's got to keep up with them to try and hold on to that home ice advantage uh, in the playoffs and, you know, get a, a victory here against the Rangers, get you another two points, one step further to uh, cementing themselves as, as, you know, home ice favorites for, for the first round. Yeah. I mean, these, these sort there's at this point in the season, you're trying to get as many points as you can. Getting a win against the Rangers would be nice. I'm thinking this is going to be a very tough one for the Leafs to win, but obviously any game for the Leafs is a winnable game. It's just, yeah, the, the Rangers always play them tough. Just something about them. Something about this Rangers team and the way they like, especially their like four check in the offensive zone, always gives the Leafs fits. So hopefully they come out better on the other side this time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dave, we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, I'm going to tell you finally who the player I've been talking about is. He is a former Ranger, actually. He is formerly a New York Ranger, not with them now. Uh, I'll tell you who that is on the other side. You're listening to Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. It's a Maple Leafs game day. They've got the New York Rangers in town. They'll look to make it two straight and try and keep it going uh, on this long homestand. I was just listening to Overdrive earlier today, and I didn't actually realize you know, they have one, one singular road game between now and like February 19th. It's pretty dope. It's like nearly an entire month where they're going to be chilling at home, playing games uh, on home ice. I mean, this is a chance for them to kind of rack up some wins and try and, you know, solidify that second seed and home home ice advantage. Chance to pull away a little bit, perhaps. Just something that uh, something to, to, to keep in mind. Um, so the trade target that uh, I think the Maple Leafs should should have right now we we've we've had a bunch of different names that we've thrown out on the podcast right we've talked about ryan o'reilly we've talked about gavrikov we've talked about uh maybe uh have we talked about we talked about mayfield a little bit yesterday too scott mayfield yes. of the new york range of the uh, islanders when he was in town um max domi we've talked about uh, a couple of times you know, there's a few guys who we've discussed and as potential targets that the maple Leafs could go after i want to add another one to the list and I want to get your thoughts on it before I delve into uh, exactly why I believe he could be a fit or a potential option, and maybe what the price would be. But what do you about what do you think about the name Pavel Bushnevich? Oh wow! See, I was trying to figure out who the heck was he talking about. That first off, we hadn't talked about before. So I I remember earlier in the day I threw out the name Jake McCabe to you because I sent you a text on a tweet that I saw. 
And then when you said, and then when you were kind of bringing this up, I'm like, oh, are we going to talk about this? And then you brought up former Ranger. I'm like, nope, that's not who he's going with. So no. yeah, Tabubu's name. That's a very interesting name. It's a name. Uh, it's I've heard Tabubu's name name before, just as like because the, the Blues are just going to probably be they're really one of the more popular teams among like sellers because they got quite a few pieces that teams will be looking at and if you're watching the st louis blues play re- lately this ain't a team that's gonna be making a run for the playoffs so yeah i i do like pablo boost navage and what he can bring to a team um and he certainly won't cost what a lot of other guys around like his play style would cost in my opinion cost as in the price and what do we take from an asset perspective or his yeah. cap hit? Uh, I think the assets to give up. I, I know that when I know you that when it cost a lot. So when I know that the Blues paid Sammy Blaze and a second round pick to acquire yeah. him from the Rangers, which at the time was, was a filthy steal. A absolutely, filthy yeah, steal. it was a pretty big steal. Um. I think what he's he was signed to a I think he signed an, an extension. Yeah, he did. So he signed an extension, so it's worth five point eight million. And there's two more years after this season on it. So they're trading for him. He's got two years left on the term at five point eight million. So this is where, yeah, obviously it's gonna probably cost I, I don't think it's gonna cost an outrageous amount to get boost damage. It all depends on first off. If St. Louis is going to be gutting it to the point where they're going to get rid of guys like this, because really right now the focus should be on, you know, assets that are likely not returning next season. But I'm curious to know what exactly are you valuing him at? I think he would be valued highly. Like, I, I think that it the, the conversation doesn't, the conversation starts with, with Matthew Nyes if you're St. Louis. Hmm. And I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to go there. Like, I, Alba Bushnevich is a terrific player. I mean, like, he's still, he's like in his prime right now, 27 years old, six foot three, 200 pounds. He has size, plays with an edge. We know that, um, you know, 5.8 million for this year and the next couple is, is something that could be fit into this team's cap structure like that's not an outrageous um sum knowing that this team you know or the cap is going up in the next couple of years i think that if you could potentially add like kerfoot's money into this deal that that would help obviously i mean that money's coming off the books next year anyways but that's kind of where i was sitting at when it came to uh, a potential option here because look he's a guy who's been playing some really quality hockey for three years now I mean, his final year with the Rangers, he had uh, 48 points in 54 games. That was the the COVID-shortened season. You know, 54 games, played, well, yeah, played 54 of the 56 games. He had 48 points, 20 goals. Last year, his first season as a Blue, actually, two years ago, sorry, 30 goals, 76 points in 73 games. This year, point-per-game player, 38 points in 38 games, 15 goals. I mean, you're not going to get a point-per-game player here over the course of the last three years, he's been a point-per-game player. I don't think you're going to get him very cheap, knowing that he's also under contract for two more seasons. And this year, so you get three runs at a Stanley Cup with this guy at sub-six million. I, 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 
I don't see this being a, a cheap acquisition. I think it starts with Matthew Nyes, and you're going to have to add on top of that probably to get something done. Like Matthew Nyes, Rasmus Sandin, you know, like th- those are two chips that I think might have to be in play here to get it done. And, and honestly, I think I'd be willing to go there for a player like Bushnevich. Well, you know exactly where you're going to get with them, right? And that's when, I'm, when I talked about trading Matthew Nyes, you're trading for someone you know you know exactly what you're going to get. You know, Bushnevich has term. That's exactly what you want. Concern I have right now, I know he's dealing with an infection in his ankle. So we don't know what his status is going to be like post. They're going to reevaluate him post all-star break. So if first off, the blues are going to have to be motivated enough to move him. So they're going to have to get him back and assure teams that he will be healthy and able to contribute for the rest of the season. Um, And uh, you wonder, will the blues think that getting, they'll get their best offer now or in the off season? if they do decide to move him, but he brings the qualities that you're looking for. Um, I think the Rangers first made a big mistake when they traded him. So yeah. And you know what? The Rangers might even be a team that looked to try to bring him back. Cause I've heard like, that's a team that could use a Pavel Bucinavich, you know, so there's going to be, there will be a few teams that will be suitors. And yeah, now I can see why you're putting out the Matthew Nye's out there because that's that's what's gonna get a team like St. Louis to perk their their ears up when they hear an offer like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and realistically, I think Matthew Nyes, if he becomes a Pavel Bushnevich four or five years from now, you're happy because you got that immediately, yeah. right? You got your point per game power forward who's gonna score you thirty goals immediately, as opposed to having to wait for him to develop into that. So, um. That's just the, the the flavor of the day that I uh, I was kind of going through because you know I, I I've I've come on this pod before and I've said I I do, I would not trade Matthew Nyes for a rental it would have to be for someone with term and I kind of didn't have a name ready to throw out there when people would ask me okay well who who's that guy and I would just say oh I don't know like a chicken type just because he was the guy who's on a lot of trade boards and has term um, and I think would obviously be of interest for Toronto. But I, I tonight I sat down and I thought to myself, all right, who is going to be my go-to answer? And now it's Pavel Bushnevich. That's a player I think the Maple Leafs could use. Like I said, he's got an edge. And we've always talked about how the team needs to get somebody with an edge. Um, so I, I think that could be an, an interesting piece for, uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs at, at a half-decent cap hit, which is affordable for this team. Um, so, and if he could get... Nah, I probably won't be able to get any any retention on that. If you could try and do like a third party retention, like a Chicago or you know an Arizona yeah, something, you know, if you can get him for like four million or something like that, four and a half million, just a little bit cheaper. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Um, so, what do you think? Good, good, good one. Good option. You like it's not it? Not a bad option. I mean, if you're gonna trade Matthew Nyes. That's that's a good option to to consider. Yeah, I'm just playing the devil, devil's advocate of whether the Blues will really want to go down that road. Because yeah, I don't know if they would. I, I really don't know. Like he's like he's not somebody who's on any of these trade bait boards. He's not someone who's been talked about a whole lot. 
but he's on a team that's not likely to make the playoffs and he's 27 and not getting any younger on a team that might want to go in a bit of a different direction, a little bit of a retool. And those are the types of players that's going to speed up your retool by moving on from those and picking up a Matthew Nyes, Erasmus Sandin, or picking up some draft picks uh, or you have other young prospects. So that's why I, uh, I came up with, with, with that name. I'm sure there'll be plenty of other names that I'll come up with between today and March 3rd or whatever day Kyle Dube decides to make a splash and, and make a trade, which sometimes could be early. Sometimes it's usually like late January, early February. So it could be any time now that uh, that these deals could get made. Like I'm up, I'm, I'm up in the media booth that, for these games. I'm seeing a lot of scouts taking in these games from a lot of different teams. So uh, I, I think that, Hopefully the levy breaks at some point. We start seeing some trades around the NHL. I feel like maybe all it's going to take is like one of these one of these guys, whether it's a Bo Horvat or a Ryan O'Reilly or a Gavrikov, something. One of these guys gets gets moving and they figure out price points, and I think we'll start to see a couple more deals start to filter through here. And maybe maybe Pavel Bushnevich could be. Uh, one of those guys. Uh, really quickly, not sure if you saw the news. Uh, Chris Johnston reported on Insider Trading today that the Maple Leafs would like to um, or ha- would like to talk contract extension with Connor Timmins uh, and and his camp. Uh, I believe that they've started preliminary talks. I wouldn't imagine this is going to be very expensive. I mean, we see the Maple Leafs do this a lot. They get out ahead of things and they do in season um, extensions for players of this nature who are just breaking into the NHL and typically they get something like a two-year deal at like 900,000 or 850,000 or something like that I wouldn't imagine that his contract will be um any more than 950 or a million on a on a two-year deal potentially but just something to keep an eye on Connor Timmins um will be speaking with Maple Leafs brass about an extension uh we'll get to the Gary Bettman chat tomorrow because it was it was just a, a silly comment talking about how nobody tanks, and we all know that's just simply not true. Just not true at all. No, no one tanks. No yeah. one. No one. Yeah, no that's one good. tanks. Wink, wink. For those who are listening to the podcast, yeah. didn't see the wink there from Dave. Um, maybe we can get into it a little bit tomorrow. But it was just a, a dumb comment that obviously everybody disagrees with. Uh, no, it wasn't a dumb comment. It was a Gary Bettman comment. Isn't that the same thing? Catch on quick, Mike. <laughs> there it is. There it is, pal. All right. That'll do it for us here today. Enjoy the game tonight, though. Rangers, Leafs, down at Scotia Bank Arena. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore more Sudi, follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Leave a like and a comment down below if you're here on YouTube. Let me know, Pavel Bushnevich. Do you like it? Would you be willing to give up a package including Matthew Nyes? Is that too much? What would you like to do, or who would you like to go after? You can let us know in the comment section down below. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. We'll recap the game against the Rangers. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.